Okay, I want to welcome everybody to our 2016 first day of advocacy. This is Jimmy's intention. Enjoy, dude. For those of you um, who are interested, after the week after spring break, we not only have another day of advocacy on Thursday, May 24th, or excuse me, March 24th, but so many of you volunteered and want to do this, we actually create another day of advocacy. So even though up there it just says March 8th and 24th, it's actually March 8th, March 22nd, and March 24th. So I'm hoping you guys can come out and support everybody. The reason we do this is to uh, practice our exercise of free speech. It's so important, especially in 2016. You guys see what's happening. You guys see the, the, the debates going on and all this free speech that's happening. We have to be able to open up our mouths, open up our minds, and speak what we feel to be the most important issues of our day. So am I being recorded now, Jordan? Oh, I thought I was just BSing for the moment. Okay, so without any further ado, I want to introduce our first speaker. Let's hear it for Ian Wenzel. What's going on, guys? Nothing is more annoying than someone not listening when you're trying to make a point. Imagine if you discovered a way to make $1,000. You want to share that knowledge with everyone. You're going about your day, and you decide that that's something you want to share. Now imagine if the roles were reversed. Someone's coming up to you and trying to convince you that you can get $1,000. You would probably just flat out ignore them. It's easy to see the importance of something when you're the one delivering the idea, but when the roles are reversed, it can be extremely complicated. Robert Greene in the book Mastery said the most effective attitude to adopt is one of supreme acceptance. You're an observer of the human comedy, and by being as tolerant as possible, you gain a much greater ability to understand and to influence their behavior when necessary. I would know a thing or two about tolerance. I spent five plus years in customer service, and that alone can be extremely frustrating or upsetting. By remaining open to others, we can actually affect how they think by presenting our own ideas. First, the effects of being open to others. Second, I'm going to present how you can be open to new ideas, even if they conflict with what you believe. Third, reaping the results of accepting others, no matter how damaged they are. I want you guys to be able to clear your head and absorb some new ideas, even if you disagree with them, especially if you disagree with them. So let's get started. First, I'll go over the effects of being open to others. When being open to others, <clears throat> it opens up the possibility of learning something new. The reason for this is it switches your role from communicator to the listener. From, from this, you should be able to close your mouth and open your ears and learn something new. Now that I've explained the effects of being open to others, I would like to tell you about how you can open to be open to new ideas, even if they conflict with what you believe in. If you just shut up and listen, periodically someone might actually say something that influences your thinking. Clear your mind of old ideas, at least for the time being. <clears throat> Most importantly, actually listen when someone is speaking instead of waiting for your turn to speak. Now that we've covered the effects of being open to others and how you can be open to new ideas, even if they go against what you might think, I would like to finish with the rewards you get of remaining open-minded and being accepting. With our new skill of being open-minded and accepting, you now have the opportunity to learn something new. The reason for this is you don't have a mental block shutting you down from the ideas that someone else might be presenting you. From this new skill, your life will expand to no end. You'll be capable of learning and everyone 
from everyone you come into contact with, even if you don't agree with anything they have to say. Now that I've told you the effects of being open-minded and accepting of others, how, how you can effectively be accepting to others, even if you don't agree what they have, with what they have to say, and the massive rewards you get from acceptance and open-mindedness, and I want you people to take the cotton out of your ears and stuff it into your mouth as the next speakers come up. Remember, being accepting, tolerant, and open-minded actually puts the power in your hands. And now I present our next speaker, Derek. Thank you. Do you ever feel like there aren't enough hours in the day to get everything done? You know, life can feel pretty overwhelming sometimes, but the fact of the matter is we can only do one thing at a time, and it doesn't do us any benefit to stress out by worrying about everything that we have to get, to get done. Now, we all experience stress, but as college students, we experience a lot of stress, especially during final exams. The 2015 National College Health Assessment found that 30% of students believe stress has negatively affected their academic performance, and 85% of students report feeling overwhelmed at some point during the semester. All that stress isn't just bad for your grades, it's bad for your health. According to Health Magazine, stress has many negative effects on the body, including premature aging, increased risk for heart attack and stroke, and stress even inhibits our ability to form new memories. All, all terrible things for students who are trying to learn. For these reasons and more, I believe that everybody should practice meditation for its, re uh, for its stress relieving and health benefits. You might be thinking that meditation is purely a spiritual practice, but I would like to challenge you to think of meditation as nothing more than exercise for the mind. Meditation is simply the practice of maintaining awareness in the present moment. So next time you're stressed out, just remember, stress can wait, meditate. According to Huffington Post's 2014 article on how medita meditation can improve your life, Christine Crane states that meditation has been proven to substantially reduce stress, improve concentration, strengthen the cardiovascular and immune system, and even slows biological aging. If you agreed with Ian's speech on being accepting of others, then you, then you have yet another reason to start a meditation practice. Meditation has been shown to increase empathy and acceptance for other people. Stress can wait. Meditate. We're all here at school in order, to better our, in order to better ourselves and have a better future, are we not? So if you don't want to let stress deteriorate your mind and body or let it age you beyond your years, and you do want to be a better, healthier, younger-looking you, then practicing meditation is a no-brainer. Stress can wait. Meditate. Now that you know how meditation can benefit you, I challenge you to learn more about it and begin your practice today. I would like to leave you with the following quote from Roman Emperor Marcus Aurelius. Nowhere can one find a quieter or more untroubled retreat than in the perfect tranquility of one's own soul. Thank you, and please give a hand for Tammy. Okay. Is that good? Woohoo! <laughs> okay. Their laughter will make your heart melt. Their strength will make a grown person cry. If you have ever seen a child fight cancer, it will truly change your entire life. So according to Dr. Siegel at the Children's Hospital in LA, on January 1st, 2016, there's 43 children diagnosed with cancer every year and about 15,700 different types of cancer. Every day, these children go and undergo treatments, usually about 40,000 of them out of all of them, and 3,277 of them usually die. So 
I don't know if you live in Yucaipa, but in Yucaipa right now registered is 250 children that are dying of cancer. The families are struggling with not just emotional, financial, um, you know, they have other children that are being left without any kind of care and they need, they need help. So these families, um, there's many ways, different ways that you can help the families, whether it's cleaning their house for them, going grocery shopping, running errands, um, setting up your own event. They have uh, different ways you could set up like a hiking event. I know a lot of people now go hiking. You can do a hiking event to raise money for it or uh, Relay for Life, you can do that. Different things that you can do to help. You can go and tutor their children that um, need help. Right now alone there's only um, three different medications that treat all childhood cancer and that's throughout the last 20 years that they've been researching and only come up with three so it's pretty sad. Um, let's see. You've all heard of the Roaring Twenties, a time of prosperity, wealth, industries such as textile mills and women's rights. But the 20s was also the beginning of a sinful trend that has not only grown worse today, but is also seen as something normal or even looked up to. There was a change in how people dressed. So why does that affect us? Why are so many people so fixated on what to wear? Well, according to Dr. Paul, Mar Paul Martins in the Baylor Lariat, dressing for leisure became Dressing for leisure became important to express individuality. He also goes on to say, it was a good reminder to know that clothing also affected other people. There's a problem with clothing today that not only affects the wearer, but everyone else around them as well. It's creating a lustful world. It's allowing for fornication and adultery to be acceptable. And it's breeding self-objectification, as well as causing men and women to see one another less as people and more as just bodies. This could all be found in What's Wrong with Modesty by Richard Holerman. Women are more than just bodies, but you wouldn't recognize that if you looked at the media today. Stephen M. Bowe applies 1 Timothy 2.9 to modern readers, saying, Today is the equivalent of warning Christians away from imitation of style set by promiscuous pop singers and actresses. He is saying don't imitate the pop singers and actresses today. Why? Because it, it leaves us with no more than an immodest individual. Correct. Richard Holerman defines a modesty as a sin that has to do with one's attitude, behavior, and appearance. It is also defined as indecent or shameless or offending against sexual mores and conduct or appearance. A modesty is a sin and needs to be recognized as one. To fix it, we need to hold one another accountable for what we wear. Short shorts, bikinis, tank tops are wrong in public. Richard Holderman also said, the clothing that a woman and man wear can easily arouse lust. Men need to be selfless in their desires. Do not let women wear the things that they wear so that you may be pleased. And women, respect your bodies. Treat them as temples. 1 Thessalonians 4, 4-5 says, and we are to possess our vessels, our bodies in sanctification and honor, not in lustful passion. If immodest behavior goes on how it is today, women and men will be no more than objects to one another, seen just for their bodies rather than who they really are. Oh, jeez. So I encourage men and women alike to be more like Paul's example from the Bible. He says, I want a woman to adorn themselves with proper clothing, modestly, 
and discreetly. 1 Timothy 2.9. Modesty is important. So wear clothing that will respect your body in the manner it deserves, for it is a temple. Next up, I'd like to introduce Mario Cinebella. Can you guys hear me? Just a little bit. Is that good? I know what you're all thinking. My colleague Steven doesn't want females to wear bikinis at the beach. But we're all entitled to our own opinions. When I was a kid, I thought size didn't matter until I went to high school and my friends started picking the black kids over me in pickup basketball. But that's a story for another time. Let's get into something more relatable. People see school as a, some, as a thing they have to do instead of a want to. You have to go to school. You just submit your work just to be on time. You have no real incentive. You start to get lazy and complacent. You start to procrastinate. You become less motivated and your quality of work starts to falter. Your workload becomes overbearing, your consistency weakens, and you're stuck between a rock and a hard place. You realize that you schlep your way to school as well as through it. That is why I will try to convince you all on the idea of receiving discounted tuitions for good grades and how it can be beneficial. If you give students incentive, it gives them motivation. A 3.0 higher GPA, that's not too much to ask for. You go to work for money, and that's the thing that we all uh, pursue. Yeah. Goals matter. From an article that I found on good grades payoff literally by USA Today in 2008, it stated that while many educators will blanch, will blanch at offering kids cash for good grades, Pfizer and others say the, the idea is simple. It's an incentive to get them to basically make the right decision and choose a more rigorous class. He says this teaches them that if they work at something very hard and have a lot of support, they can do something they didn't think they could do. Yeah. Incentives make students work harder, and we cherish reward. From the same article, it stated that an analysis of the Texas program last month by Cornell economist C. Kurabo Jackson found that it linked to a 30% rise in the number of students with high SAT and ACT scores and an 8% rise in college-going kids. I understand what you're thinking. We're already in college, but the goal stays the same. We all want to pursue better education. Yeah. And, benefits, and benefits uh, work ethic as well. Now picture this. Picture yourself with the idea of getting free tuition or getting discounted tuition for better grades. Your quality of work starts to rise, you're happier to do the work, and your rewards are much more. Your grades would be higher and work ethic will increase. It boosts your morale, your work becomes leisurely, and your confidence can increase as well. Woo! You're more motivated to get the work done. You pay less for school. School is actually paying off in the long run. Now I want you to start to realize how this can benefit you. I want you to reach out to your financial aid administration. Maybe it's not very good, but it can help. See how they can help create the dream and be persistent. I'd like to introduce the next speaker, Carissa Ramirez. Hi. 
imagine a world where there's no trees or forest or anything and yeah that sucks right sucks so and and um it would just be dull and boring world without the all the trees and ima now imagine actually imagine a world with all the trees and the plants and stuff and we can reduce we can keep the trees there if we switch from ebooks to textbooks yeah. I'm at, I'm at e yeah, the other way around. Okay. <laughs> it's so easy to switch from textbooks to ebooks. Um, textbooks cost students around $1,200 a year, and I don't even have that much in my bank account, so. <laughs> so, ebooks usually cost around 50, between $50 and $150, and the, you don't even have to wait for them to come to your door, they come right to your electronic device. It also helps you manage your time wisely because you can, there's links in textbooks, in the e-textbooks that link you to videos and tests so that you don't have to, that you don't have to look for because it's already in the text. It's much more convenient because then you can leave, it leaves a digital bookmark. I know you can use your regular bookmark, but who has time to do that? Nowadays, nobody does, right? <laughs> the price of a Kindle is usually around $50, and while a textbooks usually cost between $150 and $300 per class, and that's ridiculous. Studying is foolproof with the um, with the ebooks because of those links that I mentioned earlier. Now imagine that you have more time to do the things that you want to do and you have more money be because you're not spending as much on textbooks. You won't be as college poor. Imagine all the trees you'll be saving while you're purchasing ebooks. And this vision can become your reality. Next semester, I challenge you guys to go on Amazon.com and search under textbooks, buy your textbook, and it'll come right to your phone instead of you having to wait for it. Your impact is huge. One Kindle replaces 22.5 printed books. And with the larger following, you can probably um, for convince publishers to not print as many books, and that can save more trees. Remo reduce, reduce your carbon footprint today. And now I would like to introduce Victoria Michelle. Okay, well, it's not playing. It's supposed to be playing an ambulance siren for all of you guys. Anyways, there you go. Um, yes, whenever we hear that sound, we know that something bad is going on. According to United States of Department of Transportation, a, trans a problem is arising that involves 1.6 million vehicular crashes each year that cause half a million injuries and taking away the lives of more than 200 individuals who left their mourning family behind. And not only that, according to Forbes magazine, this offense can also increase your in car insurance premium rate by staggering 27%, and it's the third on their list to trigger high interest rates. According to Focus Driven, up to 80% of all crashes involves some sort of driver's destruction. 
individual who drive while sending or receiving a text messages are more likely to be involved in a car crash by 23 percent dang seven out of ten people engage in smartphone activities or apps while driving 61 percent read send or reply to text messages while driving text messages either sending or receiving takes a driver's eyes from the road for an average of 4.6 seconds that is an equivalent of driving the length of an entire football field but blindfolded i know we can all act responsible drivers but not letting ourselves drone in a habit of using our cell phones while we drive turn your cell phone on uh, turn your cell phone to silent or turn it off completely and then put it away I put mine in the back seat where I can't reach it. Create a custom voicemail or auto-reply messages implying you are not available and will respond as soon as you arrive. Implying you are not a... There's tons of apps available online that will prevent you from responding to a text or email. Remember, no text, search, post, view, Snapchat, tweets, or email is worth a life. Whatever it, whatever it is, it can wait. Remember, the next time you go behind the wheel, save a life, don't text and drive. Imagine one morning at home, everybody's getting ready for their daily stuff, and then later that night, you expect you, your mom, your sister, your brother, or your dad to be at home for a movie or a dinner, but no. They were involved in a deadly car crash that took their lives away. The, an accident that is preventable only if the driver has, was responsible enough to have their eyes on the road and not in his phone. All 49 states have done their part in protecting our safety and banned the use of cell phones while driving. Now it is our turn to do our part and follow the law not just for you and your family, but also those innocent people and that shares the road with you every single day. Don't wait until a tragedy like this happens to, find the, to fight the end distracted, distracted driving starts with you. I'd like to persuade, persuade everyone to make a commitment to drive phone free today. So whenever you get to that car, always, always remember, remember your responsibilities don't ignore it act on it save a life don't text and drive yeah. oh. and let's give a round of applause to my very highly energetic uh, classmate Ryan Durbin yes find the evil of texting and driving while we're in a fighting mood let's find something else education <laughs> well, at least what's, what's wrong with it, okay? <laughs> so we... So, we... So it's um, pretty complicated how, how we are our, like, in measurements. How we measure, have to measure something in inches, feet, yards, miles, and it goes on. So, yes. <laughs> Yes. It's just making certain subjects that are just much more difficult than it needs to be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
see, so, so when, so if I just, bleh. so, so if I, so in order to make, you know, our measurements much more easier and like our lives simpler, and of course our homework easier, I'm sure you all would want that, right? Yeah. I suggest that we all move to the metric system. Yes, the metric system. Because you know when you compare the two, think how easy it is. Is our the metric system is, and how complicated it is our our English system is. Because to be, yeah. Because to put it simply, how do you convert convert a yard into feet? Simple. You can't. You don't know. All right. But you just remember that it's three feet in a yard. Okay. Hey. How? So so we go so we're going to talk about it and like think about. Uh, Something more, more complicated. How, do you, how many yards are in 15 feet? Well, I got this wonderful uh, formula that the English system has made up. So we take the number that we wish to know, x, put that in the numerator. Then we take 15 feet, put that in the denominator. Then we add, they make that equal to 1 over 3. One, one, too bad. <laughs> I'm finishing this. <laughs> yes. Then we set that equal to 1 over 3. Then we multiply 15 by x over 15. Then we take cross those two out. Then we send it to the other side. And my brain is currently melting as I've tried to process all of this. Now, for the metric system, there are no yards or feet. It's simple. Like, for example, let's say you want to convert meters into decimeters. Meters. 2.5 meters into decimeters. Here's all you have to do is multiply it by 10, which 2.3 times 10. Bingo! See how easy that was? Bing. Yes! Metric! Metric! Excellent! I applaud you all. Now, now let's say you, now you want to know something that's even simpler? Just take, if rather than multiplying by 10, you could just take the decimal and move it to the left. Easy. I know! Why are we using this? Is. And you, and you want to just do it, you just want to put it into decameters, aka go the other way, guess what you do? You go to the right! Easy! Let's see. Let's see. See, we don't have to tear out our hair. We don't have to stomp and cry as we, as we try to figure out how many miles there are in, in 15 feet. Wait, or feet into like 220 miles. How many of you can figure that out? Okay, okay, how about this? Here's a question. How many feet are in a mile? Exactly. If you don't know that, you can't figure out the problem. The metric system makes it so that you can figure it out as long as you just know where to, where to move, right or left. That's all you need to know. No, that is why we should, that's why we should convert to the metric system. It's so much easier, okay? We don't... <laughs> yes. Yes. Yes, and the whole world will stop thinking of us as like really crazy, okay? Like I know we want to be independent, but uh, let's not be that independent, okay? Yeah. Yes. Now I want you to give you all a big round of applause for Angie White. Political engagement in this country has been on a major decline with young adults. Since before the 1800s, there has been a tremendous amount of bloodshed for the price of our freedom as Americans. Some countries would die for this freedom. Our country takes it for, for granted and looks at it as a chore. As United States citizens, we have the potential to, p to be powerful in making decisions to mark a moment in, in history and voice our opinions. 
To get started, most of us are 18 years old or older, which is needed. You would also need to be a United States citizen and finally would need to register in the county of residence. There are a few important things to consider when deciding if you should go through with this. Believe it or not, it has the potential to make or break a mark in history for the rest of life to come. We are paving the waves for the future young adults like ourselves. Just one person has the power to change the world from good to bad. Not doing so, you're letting others decide your future. How do you feel about someone else deciding your future? I wouldn't like it one bit. That's why I vote every chance I get. If you don't vote, then don't complain about the outcomes. As us, us as Americans need to take responsibility to the next level with our actions. A quote by Sonia Parker visited website on February 20th. Actions speak louder than words. Don't tell me what you're going to do differently in 2016. Show me. Election Gate gives you the chance to be able to voice your opinion how you see fit. Your voice has life-changing potentials to make or break the future. As Americans, we should adhere to our responsibilities and take action in being knowledgeable in upcoming elections that affect our community. Everyone votes matters. There are no wrong answers. All it takes is about 20 minutes to vote. We all are walking history books for our children and grandchildren. As we live these days to tell the stories, as our grandparents tell us these days, if you are 18 years and older and a United States citizen who needs to register to vote, you can go online and do it in your comfort of your own home. Just go online to registertovote.ca.gov. Start your journey in becoming an active citizen in this country and be knowledgeable in the country's or the government's operations. Take co control of your life today. I challenge each and every one of you to go out and voice your opinion in the upcoming elections in November, to be knowledgeable and determine your decision before doing so, that the lives of the American soldiers who died for our freedom will be heard. We as Americans, voting is not our right but our duty. So go out there and vote. Be proud to be an American and know that freedom came with a price. Take action and stand up for, you, for what you believe in. We want you. All right, this isn't on my uh, outline, but let's just do a quick vote since we just talked about it. How many of you people are dog people? All right, how many of you losers are cat people? All right. So, on a, on a more serious note, every day, approximately 7,400 cats and dogs are killed in the U.S. And this isn't from car accidents or other tragic events. This is because they have no one to love them or take care of them. According to the ASPCA, which is the American Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals, about 7.6 million companion animals are sent to shelters every day, whether it be the escape from home, they were abandoned by their owner, they grew up on the streets, or they were dropped off. And of these 2.7 million, I mean of these 7.6 million pets, 2.7 million of them will be euthanized. That's over one third. <laughs> That's over one third of all the mentoring. Now as you can see, we have a problem here. These pets need someone to love them and someone to take care of them. And if they aren't being euthanized, they're spending their entire day locked up in cages waiting for someone to clay them. If there's one thing I want you guys to get from this, is that you should adopt from your local animal shelter. <laughs> Adopting is a great solution when it comes to looking for a pet. Not only is it generally cheaper than buying from a breeder, 
but also most animal shelters will, um, in the adoption fee, will cover the spaying and neutering of the animal, as well as essential shots and ID verification. You're not going to get this kind of package with any other method. I know the primary reason we buy from breeders is so we can get certain breeds or purebreds, but all dogs are going to love you the same, even cats as well, if that's what you're into. <laughs> I myself have four dogs. I have one purebred from a breeder. I have one that I got from the pound. I have one that I got from my uncle. And my favorite, I bought for $10 outside of State of Bros. <laughs> and no matter their breed or background, I love them all the same. And I and actually, according to the Oxford Lafayette Humane Society, 25% of all dogs in shelters are purebred, many of which came from breeders who just had no use for them and they ended up in a shelter somehow. <laughs> and with over 13 animal shelters in the Inland Empire, I'm sure you guys can find a pet that's right for you. <laughs> so I want you to imagine a world where innocent animals don't die just because they have no one to love or to take care of. We can live in a world with, with happy owners and pets alike. We just have to take action. So what can we do? Bella! <laughs> 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 All right, well, there's a couple different steps we can take. <laughs> the very first step, I would say, is to spay or neuter any animal you have right now, as this helps control the overpopulation problem we're having right now that we face in animal shelters. Secondly, you can donate to your local animal shelter, as animal shelters are actually not government funded. They're all privately owned, so they definitely need the money. And lastly, one of the easiest things you can do, if you're looking for a loving companion, consider your local animal shelter, as I'm sure they have a pet there that's looking for someone to love as well. And I'm not introducing anyone, I guess Jimmy, since he's the last one. I want this to go on the podcast. Hey, in all seriousness, guys, you know what? Before anybody leaves here, we're going to take a big group photo right up front with everybody, whether you spoke today or not, whether you're in my morning class or afternoon class, we're all going to take a big photo up here and give a big thumbs up. So don't leave. Um, a couple of things. Um, Steven, am I modest enough? All right. And then I just want to say, Angie, I completely agree with you. Vote, but don't vote for Trump! Ah! Thank you, Andrew. All right. Hey, guys, again, like I started, I'll end saying this. This has become so popular that after spring break, we're not doing it just one more time on March 24th. We've added a new date, March 22nd as well. I hope anybody that can hear me right now comes out. Or, hey, anybody who can hear me right now who doesn't even know who the hell I am, if you want to do this too, you don't have to be in my class. Go to campuswithavoice.com, register, and you too could be up here with a mic speaking out to the Crafton campus. Hey, everybody, what do you guys think of Dave Advocacy? Are you guys going to come back in future semesters? Okay, okay, I gotcha, okay, I gotcha. All right, hey, thank you guys. Hey, come on up front. Let's get a big group photo. This is Jimmy's intention. Enjoy, dude.